Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is happening, gang? We have got a super packed show for you today on the Inside Football Podcast with Napoleon. In today's episode, we've been wanting to do it for weeks. We're finally going to talk about some of the big guys in the draft. That's right. We're going to get into the offensive and defensive linemen and some of the edge prospects. And this is really interesting because, as Bill will tell you in the show, this truly is what we call a flashlight year, where without a lot of the data, we're trying to navigate some of these waters, just utilizing the tape to evaluate what, what these players could could be, what they seem like, how they comp out at the next level. This is going to be a really interesting one. And I think for all of you who have followed us the past few weeks and have listened to sort of our breakdown of what we call the draft industrial complex, I think this is going to be a little bit of level setting and potentially a bit of a wet blanket in terms of how this class on the O-line and the D-line is looked at. But before we dive into the show, we wanted to give you a word from one of our sponsors. We want to talk a little bit about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. They have got it all from reality shows to sports to so much more. So they've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. So head over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you head over to betonline.ag today and use your mobile device. All right, gang, so get ready. This is the Inside Football Podcast. Bill Polian, and this is our look at the O-line and D-line and edge players in the 2021 NFL Draft. All right, what is happening, gang? We are live on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polian, and we have got a really fun one for you today. We're moving to some of the bigger guys in the draft. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at some of the offensive linemen, defensive linemen, edge players. And this is going to be an interesting show because I think in a lot of ways, this is the first show where, at least at the top, you're going to see some of the bigger effects of COVID with a lot of players who have taken last year off. So this is going to be a little bit of guesswork. Who's ready to lead us through the darkness? none other than a hall of fame gm himself bill polian how are we doing today guys well we're doing fine thank you but i but i need a big flashlight in fact i need a a miner's helmet to get through the darkness here (laughs) Uh, first and foremost uh we have a lot of guys we're going to talk about that have no numbers on it which to me you know if you subscribe to a scouting service and you don't have numbers don't subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> Ask for your money back. Uh, yeah, unsubscribe. Uh, number one. Number two, um, there's some numbers here where there are numbers that don't correlate, and I'll explain that as we go, as we go forward. So I'm very suspect of the yeah. numbers to begin with. Take them not with a grain of salt, but with a large shaker of salt. <laughs> right. And then finally what you're doing here 
is trying to project a lot of guys who really are guards and probably will end up being guards into tackles, wishing them into tackles. That's what the gurus are doing. Yeah. They're wishing them into tackles. And, um, and, and, and maybe they'll make it and maybe they won't. Uh, so, no one knows. So, Bill, speaking of that, to orient us, could you take us through the commonalities that you need per se at all three of the positions and then differentiate for us what one needs to play tackle and especially left tackle if you if you could really do it at the NFL level? Well, I'll just take you through the positions one by one. There, there, there are not a lot of commonalities. The, let's talk tackle. It doesn't matter whether it's left or right anymore because everybody is so spread out that you're getting the same rush people coming off the edge. So left tackles, right tackle. Um, tackles need to be long. So you're looking for 30, 33-inch arms as a, as a minimum. You'd like them 34 or better because they have to extend and get separation uh, right on the on the snap of the ball. Secondly, they have to have quick and agile feet and balance, QAB, quickness, ability, and balance, because in pass set, they drop. They backpedal, just like cornerbacks. So just imagine a 6'5", 325-pound man backpedaling. He's got to do it. He can't be off balance. He has to be able to um, stay with the rusher who's who's faster than him, um, and, and hence the long arms. That's what differentiates a, a five-flat tackle from a four-six rusher. Um, <clears throat> second and thirdly, he has to be able to, at the anchor point, at the junction point, bench press that rusher. He's got to be able to stop him and bench press him so that the, the, the rusher can't bowl him into the quarterback. If you can get knocked into the quarterback, you didn't make the block. So – that's what tackles have to do. If a guy is athletic enough, and we'll note it in some that aren't, you can teach him to run block, whether it's zone blocking, whether it's man blocking, whether it's a gap scheme, except for pulling, you can teach him how to block. You can teach him the techniques. And all of these guys have enough power and bulk to do that. that the the, 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 the uh, infatuation with the road graders uh, in the draft by the gurus <laughs> is exactly like the infatuation with arm strength. It doesn't correlate to the NFL. It correlates to the draft. Mm -hmm. So, Bill, in the NFL, for, you know, for a long time, uh, offensive linemen went through a period, I guess you could call it apprenticeship, um, where they, they sat for a while and, and they learned both the basics and the nuances of, of playing in the NFL. Uh, but now uh, guys get drafted and they go right away. Is that uh, that they're more NFL ready, or is that simply by virtue of uh, of money and uh, player movement? No, it has nothing to do with either NFL ready they're not, or player movement uh, or money because they're they're paid under the rookie wage scale. Bottom line is that that's player movement. If uh, if an offensive lineman moves in free agency, you have to replace him. And you replace them with a uh, with a rookie, likely. And uh, in that case, 
you know, he's going to be in there and he'll either sink or swim. And the chances are he's wearing a life preserver all season. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's, let's get into some life preserver stuff. Rick hit us with the first candidate in today's offensive line class. Well, we're going to start off with Penny Sewell and, you know, uh, when you when you think of young tackles, Scott and I were talking about this. Uh, we thought we thought of uh, Tyron Smith. Um, is that the type of prospect he is, or or or, or would you say it's different? I can't tell you that because I don't have the numbers. If I it, it's it's a reasonably good comparison, six five three twenty five, uh, but I do not see the kind of feet. And, and, and that Tyron had, although his length is pretty good, and his movement is pretty good, but um, I'd want to I'd want to see the numbers before I could make that kind of comparison. I don't know why there are no numbers. Maybe the agent refused to have him work out. We've talked on other shows that this is this dream. COVID is a, is an agent's dream. This is uh, you know let the clubs uh, draft with as little information as they have can and. We'll get all the money we can for guys who may or may not be able to play. So as a, as a general manager, you have to fight your way through that, find ways to get around it, actually. Uh, but I don't have the numbers, so I can't, I can't make that comparison. Uh, um, one thing that, that uh, had uh, been out there was that when he was 19, he weighed 330. Does that worry you at all in terms of just where his you know his joints are at this point or what no not at all you would you would uh, you would measure that via the strength and conditioning coaches testing uh, that probably also was not done because there was no combine this year but certainly if you're thinking of drafting this guy in the first round you would have sent your strength and conditioning coach to meet him somewhere in a phone booth or a railroad <laughs> station or somewhere. <laughs> Uh, and and and, uh, and and use the calipers and get the uh, and get the, uh, the the fat weight versus lean weight content, and that would tell you uh, if there's too much strain on his joints. That that ratio is dispositive. You just have to get it. That's all. And and gurus don't many don't know what it is to begin with. And second of all, you wouldn't have it because the clubs don't share it, nor should they. Uh, I, I would probably have had it if there were a combine, but um, the uh, the bottom line is um, you don't have an answer to that unless you've done the test. Hey, Bill, one thing with Sewell, it has been reported, and who knows if this is true or not, but his arm length was measured at 33 and a quarter. Is that something that would worry you with him? Indeed it would. Okay. Indeed it would, but we don't know if that's true to begin with. Right. Keep in mind that agents are phenomenal, and and in truth, clubs are phenomenal at putting out bad information. And one of the most famous drafters of all time was the greatest purveyor of of information of bad information of all time. So the 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 all that stuff is out there. That's why you have the combine. That's why you do the tests. So you actually know what the real numbers are, not garbage that people put out. If, if that was true, do you think this is a player who could transition to guard? Oh, sure he could. But look, I, I talk, there have been, I've been fortunate enough to work with three great offensive line coaches, four actually, Jim Ringo, Tom Bresnahan, uh, Jimmy McNally, and Howard Mutt. The only other two that even come close to that are Bob McKittrick at, at the 49ers 
and 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 uh, the the Patriots' great offensive line coach. And I spoke with him the other day, and asked him the question, "Are you worried about all these short arm guys?" And his answer was, "Yes, I am, without question, because short arm guys have to play inside. We know that, but." If everybody in the draft is a short arm guy and the only guy with the with, with with long arms doesn't have the athletic ability to play, what the heck are you gonna do? Right. Yeah. And I said, Well, it's a bad draft then. He said, You're it's not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Anything else we want to get into with Sewell? No, they, people are making him the second coming of Anthony Munoz. I don't think he is. I, I, you know, I, I, Anthony Munoz is a once in a lifetime player. Um, so, and maybe I should say this as an over, not, not knocking this young man as an overarching um, point of view. And we'll do more of this next week because our show will be up after the first round. So what we're going to do next week is talk about how you manage the draft, what the draft really is, uh, why people make the picks they make and 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 dispense with all of the nonsense. We don't have long enough in this show to, to dispense with even half the nonsense that's out there. But the fact of the matter is that this kid is the has the bulk and the movement skills to be a really good offensive lineman. Are his long arms long enough to be a tackle? It looks okay to me on tape, but I can't verify it. And without verification, I'm not willing to, and this is the phrase we use in the scouting business, I'm not willing to stand on the table. But the bottom line is that he's a good player, the best player in his class. Does that make him anything close to Anthony Munoz? Sorry, guys. Sorry. If he turns out to be a good player, whoever drafts him lucky is lucky. Hey, Bill, just as a general concept, since we're talking about so many tackles going to guard, a couple questions. How hard is that transition? And then two, are you better off just drafting somebody like an Aaron Banks who was really good at playing guard in college versus the hope of what one of these guys could turn out to be? Well, look, you'd like for these guys to be tackles, okay? Now, wishing doesn't make it so, but... If you have a good offensive line coach and you recognize what you have and he's got all of the other requisite skills, then you can you can get by with him. Is he going to be is he going to be great? Probably not. You, 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 you're probably going to always have to help him a little bit. Now, if you had to move him inside, if he can't function at tackle and you have to move him inside, they function pretty well inside. You know, if they're tough enough and and, and smart enough. Uh, it, it inside's tougher because things move quicker in there. You know, there's a lot of movement in there, as you saw in the in the Super Bowl. That that makes it difficult. But if they if they process quick enough, they can move inside. And all these guys are good enough athletes, I think, to do it. There's very few slugs in this group that we're talking about. Right. So uh, so let's move on to a player who our friends. Uh, at the uh, DIC, have his stock rising. Well, Rashawn Slater. So his stock talk- has been rising since his stock has been at the top of the market since since uh, uh, December. So 
they just haven't been reading the Wall Street Journal. That's all. They, you know, <laughs> who knows what the hell they've been doing? Salivating over quarterbacks, I guess. <laughs> uh, the metrics here are are good. One of them doesn't correlate, but I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna waste time talking about it because, as I say, whoever supplies this data, I wouldn't use anyway. So it's it's immaterial. He's a four eight eight forty. Here are the metrics that you care about. He's a four eight eight forty. That's good. You want him five one or below. You can five three is the is the cutoff number, but in today's game, you'd really like him five one or below if you're going to take him in the first round. He did not do the shuttle run, which is sacrilegious. I don't know why he didn't do it. Whoever ran the workout should, you know, be chastised yeah. severely. Uh, <laughs> and if the agent wouldn't let him run it, then that's suspect. See, that, that now becomes a red number with a big suspect issue on it. Um, the vertical is 33. The broad is 11.2. That correlates. Um the broad is the one you care about. So the, the three metrics you care about are the 40, the, uh, the shuttle run, and, and, the, and the broad jump. And, and they, they vaguely correlate here. The 10 is not dispositive. It means nothing. That 30 years of data prove that the 10 means nothing. So, you know, if we have listeners who are metrics people, please don't call me and argue with me, okay? <laughs> No tweets this week, gang. No <laughs> tweets. And, and and we're changing Bill's numbers, so yeah, get him anyway. <laughs> yes. And we got 33-inch arms. So he's on the borderline there with arm length. It's okay. Uh, the athleticism is there. I like the broad. Uh, by the way, the bench press means nothing. Pay no attention to that. That doesn't correlate at all. Um, and And... So the three metrics that count are good. His performance is good. Um, his, his bloodlines are good. I think his dad was an NBA player. Uh, he, he's, a, he's an athlete. He's a smart kid, comes from a good program. Um, would you try him at tackle to start with? I would. And I, I, I would think there's enough athleticism there. The shut, not having the shuttle run really bothers me. But I think there's enough athleticism there to tell you that that he could make it at, at tackle. Maybe not at left tackle. Um, you know, maybe you'd like him at 6'5", 6'4", just a little on the short side. The arms are just a little on the short side. Uh, the weight's fine at 304. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, maybe more of a right tackle. Certainly a guard. Certainly a guard. But... Uh, you know, so the question is, where do you take him? And, and what position are you going to use him at? Good football player. Right. But value-wise, if he is a guard, how much of a talent gap do you think there would be between him and the guys that actually played guard in college who will be drafted theoretically significantly lower? As guards. As guards. Oh, a big talent gap. Yeah, he's, he's okay. much more athletic than most okay. of those guys. All right. Yeah. There's a lot of road graders in that group. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Our next contestant is Christian Darasaw from Virginia Tech, 6'5", 314. So that's that's really ideal. Um, we don't have numbers, so I'm only going on, on what you can see uh, on tape. Um, I think he's a decent player. Um, we, we don't even have arm length on him, so, you know, 
The the ether arm length is reported at thirty four and a half. Uh, it's kind of what he looks like, but but I don't you know I, I you can't put any stock in that. Right. Hence, uh, it's from the ether. Yeah, That's my role on exactly. these shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what you have. By the way, I'm I'm not being either facetious or snide here. With this group, when you took the owner through the board, if there are statistics missing in 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 the real draft rooms, which I, I doubt there are, I think they've got them all, or at least most of them, you have to say to the owner, look, we don't have a workout on this guy. We, we don't have a legitimate arm length on him. You know, we, we, we weren't able to get a psychological test on him. So you have to understand that that, that we're operating here with with 50% of the information that we need. And, you know, the owner is likely to say, have you moved heaven and earth to get the, the that information? And the answer better be yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we better have sent the scouts on the road, you know, to meet the kid at a restaurant and take him outside in the parking lot and measure him. And, the old tape. And, yeah. And 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 run them in the in the shuttle drill and all you know you, all the stuff that you used to have to do in the old days should have been done this time around. So I, my my presumption is that they have that, and uh, so it, it, this kid is is a, a a legitimate prospect as a left tackle. He's long. Um, he's got the weight. His feet look decent. Uh, I think he's got good enough power and anchor to be able to to finish. Um, and, and he's got some savvy in terms of handling himself versus speed rushers and power rushers. I don't see a glaring weakness there. So um, the question is, what would the numbers be? Now, if he came back with a 5-3-1 or 5-3-2-40, I'd worry. But um, we don't know what it is. So you worry more. Right. <laughs> you have a report from the ether, Scott? Uh so here, the the ether has got him at let's see. There there's it's not a heavily rumored ether on Darisau. So, okay. So the the ether report is 34 and a half inch arms and the 40 time of a 489. I don't buy that one. Right. So this is the problem. It's like, I don't even uncomfortable saying some yeah, of these things to yeah, you. Yeah. Like, this is literally the most uncomfortable part of my yeah. week is reporting nonsense data that Bill's literally going to be like, oh, I don't believe this. Well, that's all right. That's okay. <laughs> I'm not shooting. I'm not shooting the messenger. Yeah. So enjoy this, guys. My wife loves this part. We're going to get another guy here that that that, that has has numbers that that somehow don't correlate. But um, Darasaw's biggest problem is is he going to be a hard enough worker and and really dedicate himself to making it in the National Football League? There, I'm hearing some questions about that. Now, that's not to say it's not there because we don't have access to the psychological data and the people that I talk to don't either. So there's, there, you know, but that's why that's so important because if there is a question then the psychologist will answer it for you. And, uh, and, and that's a question that probably needs to be answered. Do you, do you take solace in that he developed year over year or yeah. do you worry uh-huh. that this is, was just a outlier year? No, no, no. I think he, I think he got better as, as it went along. I think he dedicated himself to, you know, the word that you hear in the scouting community is that he dedicated himself to being a better football player this year. Now, you know, 
that that translates to the NFL. How many guys have great contract years and and, and then slide afterwards, <laughs> re, regress to the mean? Uh, we love the dash know, for cash. Yeah, you you hope they're not. You hope they're not. He's not one of them. But the the, the psychological test would tell you that. Yeah. Which is why all of again, I just I hate to repeat this, but but I want our listeners to understand we're operating with about 50 percent of the data. The gurus are operating with about 40 percent of the data. So how the hell do you make a judgment on a player when you don't know at least half the equation? Yeah. So all of all of what what you're here talked about and bandied about is is just talk. And the reason that they're able to tell you at this point in time, you know, mock draft 7.0 uh, is because they're just listening to people in the in the business that they talk to and trying to piece together a first round. That's right. They, they, they never go beyond the first round because they can't piece it together. It's impossible right. to do it. So what they lack in actual information they make up for incertitude. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, it, it, the information that they get in terms of, of, of what round the guy is going to be in is relatively up to the, let's say, 32 in the first round, up to 40, 45. Their information is relatively close to being correct because they're getting it from people who say this guy's in the top of the second round, he's in the middle of the first round, et cetera, et cetera. Now, their evaluation of players, no, that's not accurate. And, you know, and so who cares? It's, uh, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> you know, talk to me three years from now, we'll find out who was accurate and who wasn't. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's Adam Schefter just talking to people and telling you what they say. I mean, it's not. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All right. Okay. Next contestant. Let's move on to Sam Cosme. Sam Cosme's an interesting guy. He's, uh, he's four, eight, four in the 40, four, three, nine in the shuttle run, 30 inch vertical, 11, seven broad. That doesn't quite correlate, but it's close enough. Uh, six, six, three, 14, 33 inch arms. So Right on the on the cutoff point at 33, athletic, can pass protect. The question on him is, can he anchor well enough? This is why the bench press doesn't correlate. He did 36 reps, Jeez. which is the uh, 98th percentile. Yeah, but it doesn't show on film. The, the anchor doesn't show on film, so it's probably you know that, that that's an issue for him. So is he going to be able to anchor and bench press well enough at the junction point. And uh, how is he going to handle uh, the, the, you know, the day-to-day battle in the National Football League? We'll find out. But uh, I don't know. I don't know that I'd put him in the first round, but I don't know that I wouldn't. I, I wanna, I'd, I'd want to see everything else. If I saw everything else and it was all A or, or B+, plus, I would say certainly first round because he can do what pro tackles have to do, which is to pass block. Right. And he's played a lot of football. He has, which is fine. I mean, that's great. But you have a little more tape than some of these other guys where yeah, you do. it's not a sure. lot of snaps. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's let's uh, go to a college team that that Bill knows a little bit about Notre Dame and talk about Liam Eichenberg. Um, he he, Brian Kelly, his coach, said on my Sirius Radio show the other night, everybody wants to make him McGlinchey. He's not McGlinchey, and that's true. That's a, that's a very good statement. He's not as athletic as as uh, McGlinchey. We don't have numbers on him. I've He's got not... Ether numbers if you want them. All right, go ahead. All right, so Ether numbers. So the arms and the, the arms with him have been a big thing in the DIC. The arms were thirty two and three eighths. The wingspan was seventy nine. His bench was thirty three. Vertical was twenty six and a half. Broad was eight oh nine. Shuttle was four five seven. Three cone was seven five three, and he didn't run the forty because of a hamstring. Okay, the broad would have, that 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 affects the hamstring as well. So those are incomplete numbers. I mean, it's, he got an incomplete on the test. You don't know what the heck you're dealing with here. So you're going back to the tape. Six six three zero two. What'd you say? Thirty thirty two and six eighths. Yes. Uh, 32 and 3 eighths, sorry. 3 eighths. 32 and 3 eighths. And the hands were uh, 9 and 5 eighths. Yeah, it's close enough. Uh, you know, this this is a guy who is not quite strong enough. Strength is 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 not a it, absolutely a positive. Movement is not absolutely a positive. Uh, but when you put it all together, spatial awareness, instinct, etc., allows him to play and play pretty well. He has difficulty adjusting to speed, big speed off the edge, and he has difficulty uh, in stunt pickup. Again, quick movement where he has to, he has to go and, and recognize it and slide real quickly. Um, I, I, think he, I think he makes a team and, uh, and probably might, might develop. He reminds me of a guy we had, Adam Meadows, who was a pretty efficient right tackle uh, for a period of time. I think that's where he ends up. I don't think you start him at left tackle, um, but at right tackle, uh, you know, he's smart enough and tough enough and dedicated enough. I know all, all of that is, is an A+. Plus, um, so he'll make it. Well, and also with the 17-game schedule, you got to start thinking about your O-line. He could maybe be a swing tackle too, right? Yeah, he could. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. She can have a very long career doing that too. Yes. Uh, well, we're at it. Uh, l- let me just make a point with that. With the 17 game schedule, you're probably going to carry eight to nine offensive linemen. Let's say eight for the moment. That means that one of them or two of them have to be able to play both tackles and both guards. And one has to be able to play both guards and center because you have to finish a game. Right. So there's jobs for players like Liam Eichenberg all over the National Football League because he's smart enough and dedicated enough to be able to come in and, and, and finish a game and, and, and play other positions and be a good squad member and so on and so forth, be ready to play when called upon. Uh, on my radio show last night, we, we were talking about DJ Fluker. DJ Fluker was a road grader uh, when he came out. Uh, the, 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 uh, the DIC made him, uh, the, the next coming of, uh, you know, the big daddy Lipscomb or something. <laughs> and, uh, uh, 
he, he couldn't make it a tackle because, in fact, he was a road grader. He played tackle at Alabama. And, uh, but he's, he's such a high character, smart, dedicated guy that he made a career for himself essentially as a, as a, as a, a guy who could start at guard and get you through a season at guard. Uh, or and certainly could be the sixth offensive lineman, and he just signed with Miami again. So he's had a long and productive career in that role. So, so that swing guy, right, has always been important. Who can near the end of the year? But yeah, with seventeen, you know, more so than ever, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Scott, you had anything else on uh, Mr. Eichenberg you want to ask about? Now, here we go. We're going to one of the more interesting prospects. All right, so let's move on to guards, and we're going to talk about Elijah Veritucker. Okay, he's 6'4", 308, 510, which is fine, and and that correlates. Uh, 461 shuttle run, that's really good. Uh, 32-inch vertical, 10-6 broad. The 10-6 broad and the, and, and, and the 32 don't correlate, especially for 308 guys. So that's a number that, you know, if we were sitting in a draft room six weeks ago, I'd say, whoa, we better go back and get another broad jump on this guy. What, what happened? What was wrong here? They don't correlate. That's why, that's why the numbers mean so much. They, they, they tell you where there may be a hole in the picture, where there's a piece missing, if so. Uh, so... What do we got here? We got a guy who is, it, it, many people think can play tackle. The 5-1 would tell me that he certainly can play right tackle. I'm not sure he can play left tackle. The arms are 32.13. That's really a red number. So he's, he's probably better suited at guard. He's light on his feet. He's athletic. He's tough. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's a very steady, hardworking player. I think there's no question he's going to make it. In the end, he's probably a guard. Yeah, and but you and that, he's one you you would be drafting him with that understanding that he probably will be a guard, right? Or is he somebody you give a shot at to tackle? Well, you, you might say let's try him at tackle, see if he can make it. I mean that that would be a long discussion. That would be a long discussion. That's a philosophical discussion. It would depend on the offensive line coach. Does he want to mess around with that? Um, Howard Mudd did not like moving guys. His his deal was draft the guys we know can play, put them in there, and let's find out if they can play. And if they can, then they're there for the next 10 years. That was Jeff Saturday, God rest his soul, Brandon Burlsworth. That, and, and that's what we did. There are teams that don't do that. There are teams that say, let's start him at tackle, and if he doesn't do well there, we'll move him into guard. That It depends entirely on the proclivity of the offensive line coach. Offensive line coaches are islands unto themselves. They are most favored nation people in, in, within the football community. They're iconoclasts. They, they, they have their own union, the Mushroom <laughs> Society, <laughs> because they think that we keep them in dark rooms and feed them uh, manure all day. <laughs> uh, they, they, but but they really are, they run their own show. And um, and so if if the offensive line coach says, I don't want to mess around with potential position movers, then fine. We'll, we'll find guys 
who you like and who who you can who can play. Burlesworth was a prime example. Burlesworth was a fourth rounder, um, a walk on, who made himself into an All American and captain of the team. That's you know that was check box one on our scouting report. That's the kind of people we wanted. That's the kind of people Howard loved. That's the kind of player he was. He was from Hillsdale University. Uh, actually had a Hall of Fame worthy career in the National Football League as a guard. So those are the kind of people he wanted. And, um, and you know, we would just find them and, and plug them in and we'd miss on some. But we knew exactly what the numbers had to be. We knew exactly what he had, the player had to look like. We knew exactly what the psychological profile had to be. And then he had to pass the eye test on the film. So th- th- there's a wide variance in how people see these guys. And the gurus know nothing about offensive line play. There is no one, I can't think of one on television that, that knows any, and I'm, I'm talking about in the draft industrial complex, that knows anything about playing offensive line. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No question. Um, okay, let's go back to Notre Dame and and talk about Aaron Banks. Okay, Aaron Banks is a road grader, six five three thirty. Um, he's he came in as a as a fat guy, and uh, and he's made himself into an athlete. So he's big and strong, exceedingly powerful. He is a short set pass protector who can stop you right now. Guards can be short set pass protectors because they're working in a confined area. And so that means they take two steps back off the line of scrimmage or they fire out or they just come right out of their stance and go boom and stop the defensive tackle right then, right then and there. And if the defensive tackle has to be a road grader, all you have is a pile in there and the quarterback loves it. If, if it happens to be Aaron Donald, then you have to do right. a, a couple of different things. And he would have some difficulty against Aaron Donald because he's not a great lateral mover. Again, I don't have numbers here. Want want the ether numbers? Well, if there's a short shuttle, yeah, go ahead. Give me the ether. All right. Numbers. So the uh the short shuttle was uh four nine two. The the cone drill was uh seven uh seven seven three. The broad jump was eight oh four, vertical was thirty one, bench twenty four, he did run a forty. His 40 was 5-3-4, and the arm, obviously a little less important, a guard was 31 and an eighth. Okay, so those numbers correlate with my IC. So this is a guard who who can who, who's a powerhouse guard who, who, if he manages his weight in the National Football League. So if we're in the draft meeting, I'm saying to the strength coach, Rusty, can, can this guy keep that weight down or we're going to have a problem with him four years from now? Um, and And – you know, then the answer comes in and that tells you where you might put him on the board. But um, he's a power player who is is good in short area. Uh, The matchup against Aaron Donald favors Aaron Donald pretty heavily. So the offensive line coach is going to have to say to him, listen, I'm going to have to teach you how to block Aaron Donald and don't argue with me and don't tell me you can't use this technique because this is the only way you're going to win. Right. (laughs) 
So the keys are we keep him out of good food cities and we he listens on the Aaron Donald thing. So No, he doesn't have to stay out of good food cities. He just has to stay on the on, on the strength and conditioning coach's diet. Stay away from bad food is what he needs to do. I don't know. Do. There's certain cities that are tough. I wouldn't want to go to Kansas City. New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans yes. would be a problem. Yeah. Thank God Charleston and Memphis don't have football teams. But Bill, how many how many starting offensive linemen would you not have to have that conversation with about Aaron Donald? <laughs> well, not many, not many. I mean, it, 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 look, the the speed player always has an advantage. You can't coach speed. That's the old axiom. So when you have a guy like Aaron Donald who's so athletic and so quick off the mark, you're gonna. You have to adjust your technique, and the offensive line coaches do it. In some cases, they'll chip or they'll double team or they'll they'll, they'll slide to them. They'll do those kinds of things. What 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 really good offensive line coaches do is take a player like this who has some limited tendencies. He with the Colts, we probably the old Colts, not the new Colts. Uh, they got a guy <laughs> that played the position at Notre Dame that's as good as maybe ever played it. So they they're not in the in the guard business, but at our time with the Colts, we 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 would not be interested really in in road graders who had some difficulty moving because we were a zone team, and so we wanted everybody on the run. We wanted we wanted them to be able to to move in the pocket and take on the Aaron Donalds one on one because we were releasing five guys most of the time, and Tom Moore constantly and Howard Mudd constantly said protection first protection 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 when these rookies would come into the first meeting with Howard he would put a picture of Peyton Manning up on the screen and say see that guy that's number 18 (laughs) he makes a lot of money and he puts a lot of money in our pockets our job is to protect him first last and always yes (laughs) Keep them vertical. Yep. <laughs> exactly right. Now, there are teams who don't, who don't. Baltimore doesn't think that way. I mean, that's not the way yeah. they play. This Aaron Ganks would be a really, probably a pretty good guard with Baltimore. I don't know how good a puller he is. But other than that, he'd be pretty good. Northwestern kid would be ideal for, for Baltimore. Um, so, it, you know, it's just horses for courses. Right, right, right. All right, guys. We wanted to take a minute to talk to you about something super important as we head into the spring and summer season. You gotta have your eyeglass and sunglass game on full go. And there's no better sunglasses in the game than Canon. We've talked about it before on the show. I've been a huge fan of their products since the very beginning. They are truly the best sunglasses for any activity you're gonna do outside this spring and summer, whether you're playing golf, whether you're hitting the lake, whether you're going fishing, they truly are unbelievably different. So be an outsider. Head over to Canaan, order your Canaan today. Canaan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses, and these are some of the best lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that makes their glasses clearer, lighter, stronger, and the coolest part is the frames are Italian handcrafted and impossible to scratch. I have put these through the test over many, many years. I have thrown them in my golf bag, I have left them in a cart, and nothing has happened to them. So today, we've got an exclusive code for all of you guys in the IFP family. Head over to Canaan and use the code CANANCAST15 at Canaan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's CANANCAST, K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T, 15 
at Kanan.com to get 15% off the best sunglasses in the game. Kanan, they're clearly better. Right. All right, where are we going, Rick? Okay, we're going to Trey Smith. Uh, Trey Smith is a road grader who has uh, who has uh, 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 medical issues that they're that they're going to have to work through. Six five three twenty one road grader strength is ability to blow you off the ball. Uh, he's decent pulling. Uh, let's see what the numbers worked out to be five one one forty, which is suspect in my view. Thirty one uh, uh, vertical. 10 flat broad that that the, the 10 the, the 10 old blood correlates and the 31 vertical correlates this is a this is a road grader uh, more powerful than Aaron Banks who is also a road grader uh, and I don't know that Trey has any weight issues uh, but uh, he does have medical issues that that are gonna have to get resolved scary highlights though a couple I'd be a f- very afraid to get hit by this guy yeah. I, you be, Bill, you're proud of me. In my notes, I had uh, ability to dominate, but he's a road grader, lacks flexibility and mobility. So good scouting. You've taught me. You've taught me well. You've taught good me scouting. Well. So we move on to a one man category in center, and that is Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma. Yeah, th- this is an interesting guy. Six four, three twelve. So a little bit really on the tall side for a center. Most centers are a little shorter than that. Um, I don't have arm length. 509. The the ether reported arm length was 32 and a half. Okay, that's all right. That's fine. 50940, which is which is good, solid. That's that's really solid. 446 shuttle, really solid. Uh 112 broad, really solid. So that all three metrics tell you this is a really good athlete for the position. Um, and he's a guy who plays well. Uh, He can do what you want centers to do. He can handle a nose guard. He's got power enough to handle a nose guard. He can get up on the second level and keep his feet and block people, and he's got enough movement to be able to handle pass protection one-on-one and help out if he has to because oftentimes the center will be uncovered and he needs to help somebody or he has to be ready quickly to pick up a stunt that's coming his way. So he's got all of that. This, In my mind, this would be uh, assuming that everything else checks out. You want the center to be super smart. Offensive linemen are generally very smart anyway. Uh, and and they also tend to be iconoclasts. I mean, they, they mirror their coaches. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're hunters, they're fishermen, they're they're engineers, you know, they, 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 they have a different, they're different than other people. Their lockers are neat and clean. They're detailed guys. You know, if you literally, this is true. If you walked into an NFL locker room and looked at a bunch of lockers with linemen's numbers, you could tell who was defense and who yep. was offense. <laughs> offensive guys have their shoes lined up nicely and everything's good. The defensive guys have old sandwiches in there. And, you know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> and and before and before the game, you knew which side you were on, whether you're around surrounded by D line or O line guys in that pregame time. I mean, oh, you know. so uh, the centers have all right, to be so, the smartest of that group and the most dedicated of that group because if they can set the protection, identify the defense, and set the protection, then they take a big load off the quarterback. So, for example, the Cleveland Browns. 
Baker Mayfield's a rookie quarterback. I forget who he had at center at the time. But if he had a veteran center there, it would be a big benefit for him because the center could say to him, don't worry about it. I'll handle the protections. You just make the dummy call. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure everybody's picked up. You just worry about reading the defense. So that, that's really helpful. Um, that's why rookie centers are, you know, a little bit dicey because somebody has to help them with the protections, generally speaking. But if they're smart enough to do that, then that's a real plus and that you need to know. He looks like he handles it okay. I didn't watch the film closely enough to see whether or not he made the protection calls. But you have to presume that if that if he's there and playing at a program at that level, that that he has the wherewithal to do it. Right. So that brings us to a, a, a separate group of guys that you I know you grouped together. Uh, the first of whom is Alex Leatherwood. Give us your thoughts. Well, this is a guy who's interesting to me uh, because the numbers don't tell me they don't correlate with what I'm seeing on film. Um, and maybe I'm just not seeing enough film. This would make, these numbers would make me go back and look at more film. 4840. Uh, and this is Alabama, so I don't think anybody's fudging these numbers. Right. Uh, uh, 35 uh, vertical, that's amazing for a guy 312. Yeah. Uh, not for an Alabama athlete, but nonetheless amazing. 11.8 broad. 9.5 hands, 34, 38 arms. Now, he doesn't play that way. You expect to see Tyron Smith, but you don't see Tyron Smith. So my question is, I would have to go and talk to Sark and say, what are you asking him to do? Um, you know, what, what, what's his job in the system? He really, he really looks like more of a, of a kind of a power player than the athlete that these numbers tell you that he is. So it's a bit of a conundrum. Uh, I'm sure, you know, with those numbers, he's probably a first round draft choice because those are better numbers really than anybody we've talked about thus yeah. far. Exactly. Yeah. But then you go back and you watch like the Georgia game and how he played against Ojolari. You don't see it. You don't see it. You don't see it. That's exactly right. You see a bit of a waistbender, you know, a bit. Not enough to disqualify him, but a bit. You see a guy that gets beaten to the punch. I mean, he doesn't beat anybody to the punch. He doesn't often get beaten to the punch, but he doesn't beat anybody to the punch. So it's it, it, these numbers would make me go back and go over the tape again. Bill, in, in, in your experience, when you have that dichotomy between numbers and the film, is, is it usually the film that actually pans out to be accurate, or is it ever just the numbers? I'd say it's about 50-50, and sometimes the great Dom Neely, our, our, our personnel director, had a great saying, uh, and, and he it would always remind me of it because I'd get worried. I'd see something like this and say, whoa, 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 whoa stop. Let's get the film out. There, there are questions here. And his response would be, now we go look at the film and we'd say, okay, this guy's pretty good, good short set guy. Maybe they're teaching him to short set. Ojolari's a great player. Uh, and, and my response would be, listen, he's got to play against Ojolari every week in the National Football League, right? Okay, let's talk to Nick about him. Let's talk to uh, Joe about him. 
you know, let's get the, 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 the scoop from those guys. And, and then finally, we'd come down to it and I'd say, man, he doesn't play to the numbers and that's bothering you. And Don would say, don't let the squirrel run up your leg. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard you say that one before. I love that. Should have been the name of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I knew all the Dominique stories. What, is it, what does the tape tell us? What does the tape tell us? So in the end, it's enough to, to, the tape's enough to worry you, as you point out, Scott. But the numbers tell you not only take them, but take them and don't look back. So yeah, yeah. there's okay. more work to do. When he played better inside in 2019. He did. He did, and that may ultimately be his home. And, and by the way, with an Alabama player, Nick is the final vote. Right. Nick, Nick, Nick's seal of approval is all you need, and and he'll get into a lot of depth. Nick, you know, he obviously knows everything that anybody knows about football, but he he'll get into a lot of depth. And if so, you don't have long discussions about these guys if you have some difficulty with them typing them because all you do is call Nick, and Nick will say yay or nay. Okay, how about uh, Jalen Mayfield out in Michigan? Pure road grader. Pure road grader, and, and the numbers pointed up, 6'5", 326, um, 32.6 arms, 531, so, you know, over the line, that's a red number. Uh, uh, 491 shuttle, which is not tremendous, it's okay. Um, 29 vertical, I don't worry too much about the vertical with offensive linemen. 996 nine, broad, not good enough, red number. So this is a one-dimensional uh, road grade. And finally, on, on this side of the ball, we, we talked Spencer Brown, Northern Iowa. Which I boffed on the uh, spreadsheet. I, th- I had the wrong Brown. So this is, uh, oh. you're, get, you're getting a live moment. So uh, Deontay Brown is who we're talking yeah, I, about. Yeah, I, I gave you Deontay Brown. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go. This is another Alabama player. Uh, 6'3, 344. So this is, a, this is a, this is not a road grader. This is a building. Uh, <laughs> So this is a small skyscraper, uh, and, and nine one three hands five thirty two thirty eight broad. So we know he's an inside player. Five four five big red number, uh, twenty seven vertical, big red number broad didn't do so that that you know that's worrisome. Um, this is a guy who is tremendous road grader. Uh, Hard worker. I mean, he he wouldn't be playing at Alabama if all the other things weren't good. But pass protection is going to be a problem, even as an inside player. All right. The transition to defense is upon us. Do we need a flashlight as big? Oh, yeah, we do. In fact, maybe a bigger one. All right. Maybe a bigger one. Because there are some ether numbers in this that we're going to have some fun with. Oh. All right. First guy is Gregory Rousseau. Uh, defensive end, Miami, 6'6", 265, redshirt sophomore, uh, played uh, two seasons, first season, you know, limited exposure, uh, 2019, 16 sacks, 6'6", 265. I question the 265. I think that's a bulked up pro day number. He was 6'6", 222, coming out of high school. So 
Did he put on 43 pounds in in three years? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> so, strength and conditioning coach, please come in the room and give us your yeah your your uh, shine some light on this project. Uh, no numbers. All right. Do you want the, you want the ether numbers? Go ahead. So the uh, DIC panicked when they saw this. So. Uh, this this precipitated their version of his slide. He ran a four six eight forty, uh, according to the results from his pro day, and then he had a thirty inch vertical jump. He did twenty one uh, reps on the bench, and his broad was nine seven. Those are not good numbers, not not for an outside rusher. Four six eight is okay. Thirty inch uh, vertical is okay. So this is not an explosive player. That's what those numbers are telling you. This is a long, uh, lean guy who can get upfield and uh, and knock balls down and run around slow tackles, and but he's going to have some difficulty. Um, that that four six eight is right on the board. He's right on the borderline, right on the borderline. Um, this is not D- Dwight Freeney by a long shot. So a little bit of beware, a little bit of beware. The film shows you a guy who's a good nine-technique rusher, seven-technique rusher, uh, who's slippery. Um, he's got some skill in that in in that uh, in that area, but again, how is it how how well is it going to translate in the National Football League against better players? Is this a guy who probably needs to bulk up even more to fill out frame-wise and maybe no. play inside or no? No, no, oh no, no. No, no, I mean, there's just, if you get, how big can he bulk up? You got, you got to get to 285, 290 to play inside. And is he going to be 468 or is he going to be 495 at that number? Yeah, right. This is a strength and conditioning coach question. So, no, I think he, I think he stays outside and he becomes kind of, uh, you know, a pretty solid rotational player outside. Do you want him in the first round with these numbers? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that'd right. be hard for yeah. me. Yep. Which is why the ether is there. You're hearing cries of woe in the ether, I guess, huh? Yes. the The ether is uh the ether is tearing up as we speak. There's <laughs> weeping, but they're not weeping for the next guy. No, they are not. And that would be Jalen Phillips. Tell us about him, Bill. Well, they we don't have any numbers. All right, you want the ether numbers? Go ahead. All right, so the ether numbers were 36-inch vertical, 10-5 broad, 465 40, 4-1-3 short shuttle, and a 701 3 cone. Okay, so good numbers, good solid numbers. He played this past year and, and had nine sacks and did a good job getting up the field rushing the passer. That's his strength. This was a heralded guy coming out of high school, went to UCLA, had some injuries, was actually disqualified for injuries at UCLA, and then transferred to Miami and had this good year at Miami. He he is a natural pass rusher. Uh, He's got ability to get off the ball, pop you on contact, get up the field. He's got some slipperiness about him. There are people who are natural pass rushers. He's probably one of them. So he'll always have a job. 
The question here is the injury history. Yeah. He probably would be a first rounder absent the injury history. There'll be some teams I think will take him off the board. Yeah, I mean, and and a couple of injuries, you know, one was an ankle, one was a wrist. Is this history of concussion? Concussion. And one was during in football, and the other was he was on his scooter and was hit by a car. That's how he got the second concussion. So does, you know, once concussed, more vulnerable to concussions, would that worry you, Bill? Yes, and I this would be a medical question. I, I wouldn't, you know, I'd turn to the doctor and say, tell me what you think. And and, and there'd be a long discussion about it. And I, I suspect that's true. At UCLA essentially released him because of the injuries. Right. So, uh, you know, that that's worrisome. And the numbers were really great, really, for six games. Because the first six games, I mean, obviously, he was slow starting at the beginning of this season. So it's a tough one. Yeah, there's a little Hassan Reddick in those numbers. Yeah. You know, Hassan (laughs) Reddick had 14 sacks, seven and a half against the Giants. Right, right, right. (laughs) And we know how you feel about that one. Yeah, it's a... a, uh... I mean, Hassan Reddick is is also... you know, a natural pass rusher. But I don't know that he's going to get 14 sacks every year at his size. Unless you play the Giants every week. Yeah, that's Uh, right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Scott, given his college, I'm going to let you say who the next guy is. Okay, so with we're going to Penn State now, and this is one that even I have to recuse myself from a little bit for a different way from last week. We're going to Jason Owa, his his – Combine numbers or the reported pro day numbers are insane. It doesn't show up on tape, I don't think. Uh, you're right, it doesn't. And he had zero sacks this year. This is um, this is Ziggy Ansah, right? When Shaka Tony had a ton. Yeah, yeah. This is Ziggy Ansah, who who essentially came to football very late. He, he he's a kid that is not a natural football player. The number he's an incredible athlete, very good high school basketball player, and, and so you know, there's there's literally zero sack production. He, he does get off the ball. He's long. Um, he has some slipperiness, but I think it's more athletic speed and explosion. But this is the one area that worries you. The bench press is twenty one, so that's. You know, at Penn State, that's worrisome. Yeah. <laughs> that may tell you that he doesn't have enough power, that he can't translate the speed to power and, and, and power through a rusher, a uh, blocker to the quarterback. Everything else is phenomenal. Now, he's a little more advanced than Ziggy was. Ziggy only really played one year at BYU, but. Ziggy, for all of his talent that just absolutely blew you away, in the end didn't make it because his instincts weren't good enough. He just was, you know, I think he'd been a soccer player in Nigeria, if I'm not mistaken. He just wasn't instinctive enough. And I think Jason may may be in the in the same boat. So the question is, where do you take him? Certainly not in the first round for me. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that soccer thing... Uh, certainly going to give you great feet, but I don't know how you start, you know, that late in life, can you cultivate the instincts? Well, Ziggy proved that you really can't. Yeah, exactly. It's also hard just because, 
you know, obviously Shaka Tony's numbers aren't going to be anywhere like this. But I mean, right. if you look at where his athletic numbers are versus Jason's and the production that Shaka had basically playing in the same scheme, playing in the same defense, swapping roles, I, I think the tape on this one's a little bit worrisome. Yeah, I agree. I yep. agree. But yep. if he had gone with Kale Sanderson at Rec Hall, might be the scariest human being ever to wrestle at Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> there are other people. Uh, in state college, where if he had just ventured, I think there's some other sports he could be yeah, really, we, really uh, good at. We, Possible. Yeah, we we were we were having that discussion earlier, Scott. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go to Wake Forest and Carlos Basham Jr. Okay, Carlos had a terrific uh, 2019 season where he registered 11 sacks. Um, not so good in or you know five, which is not terrible. In, in 20, but Wake Forest season was decimated by COVID. So I don't know that you really, you really want to make that a, a, a point of emphasis. 6'4", 285. Is, is that a real number, Scott? Or is that a... That is a real number. The, I've got ether numbers if you would like them. Go ahead. All right. The ether numbers, uh, arm were 32 and 7 eighths. Wingspan was 79 and a half. Uh, bench, much like Jason, 20 reps on the bench. Vertical jump, 34. Broad, 10.02. Uh, 20 yard shuttle was 4.32. Three cone drill was 7.13. 40 he ran at 4.62. And one other stat that I saw on him, you know, to your point about the COVID stuff, he played a lot this year. I mean, he played 85% of Wake Forest snaps on defense. Yeah, well. This is a this is a uh, a power player, you know. He's really a powerful guy. He's he gets off the ball. He rocks you. He he can that that speed is surprising. I didn't think I didn't see it on tape. Very honestly, but he is a, a dangerous rusher because it, he lines up and goes, and and you know, boom! That first shot knocks a lot of people backwards. Um, and 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 there is a role for a power player, um, particularly in the three four. You know, if you move them over to the right hand side, and let them play over there. Uh, you know, and 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 let them let them run over people. You you, you got a chance to be a pretty uh, a pretty productive player. I think he's a one trick pony relative to being a rusher. He's not uh, not real active in the run game. Um, he, he recognizes that that rushing is is where his bread and butter is. Uh, but uh, he'll make it. The numbers tell you he will. But understand what you're getting is a power rusher, not a not a speed guy. It, it, you don't. Those numbers are great, but they don't translate to what you see on tape. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that will bring us to our final guy on the outside uh that's quitty pay from michigan bill yeah and this is a this is all numbers and zero production uh there are uh there are no sacks uh i'm sorry there's seven sacks no i'm sorry wrong guy um two sacks last year two sacks two sacks on a defense that was you know not very good being charitable um but the numbers are all off the charts. 6'2", 
261-452-452 shuttle. That's exactly correlates. I mean, that's ideal. 36 broad, a uh, 36 vertical, 11.8 broad, 10 inch hands, 33 inch arms, 36 reps on the bench. This is, uh, you know, is he Mike Mamula? Hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know yeah. there are gurus who have him as the first defensive lineman off the board. Number one. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. you can, how you can put a guy who's had two sacks in a season as number one, but he, is he a twitch guy? Absolutely. Can he translate speed to power? Sometimes, uh, you know, is he, does he get off the ball and, and, and beat you on the first step, which, which he should with, with those kind of metrics? No. So uh, this to me is a, is a worrisome guy because you know, that there's not production is a big thing, right? You know, if you don't produce against inferior play, this guy is better than everybody at an athlete, better than every tackle he played against every single one. And he ends up with, uh, yeah, two with two sacks and by somebody's metric, 16 hurries. I don't know what the definition of a hurry is, but, um, uh, and I don't see any TFL. Uh, there are no tackle for loss statistics. The only statistics that matter to me are sacks and tackles for loss. Those two correlate directly. Because if you're getting tackles for loss, it means you're beating people off the ball. Mm-hmm. And so I, they don't show that statistic here in the, in the information you sent me. But this is uh, a guy that, that is a workout warrior, but the production doesn't match it. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't I couldn't put him on the top of the board based on that. Right. This yeah. is definitely a guy who's got an amazing story that I think the DIC fell in love with. Yeah, yeah. Well, stories are nice, but uh we're playing football. Exactly. Exactly. That's what that's a famous polyanism. <laughs> I'm not telling stories here. We're looking at the numbers. Yeah. Okay. So uh let's let's move on uh to the to tackles and let's start with uh Davion Nixon. Um, Davion Nixon, first of all, comes from Iowa. So that's like Alabama, North Carolina. Uh, You know, he gets a gold star for producing in a program that produces a lot of pros. So, uh, you know, that's a big, he's got a, he's got a big uh, uh, leg up there to begin with. Um, 6'3", 313, uh, defensive tackle, three technique, uh, seven sacks as a defensive tackle. Thank you very much. Um, he can get off the ball. He's instinctive. He can run. Uh, he sheds blocks well. He's got quick feet. He's got what look to be long arms. Um, he's got some natural st- uh, uh, natural. Uh, uh, slipperiness as a rusher. The numbers are 6'3", 313, 4940, which for an inside player is good. 4'7", uh, shuttle, that's again good for an inside player. 29 vertical, which is almost meaningless. 10'6", broad, that's, that's good. So th- this is a guy whose numbers, whose production, whose pedigree, 
tells you he's pretty this this is a a guy you'd like to have i think as a three technique now is he is he the rams guy uh no no but nonetheless a very solid uh performer who probably should have a solid career in the nfl so yeah so we can move on to uh jalen twyman from pitt yeah, Jalen is 6'1", 301. He's a, a short uh, nose tackle. Uh, not that short's bad, it's not. Um, his, But his numbers are, he's a very productive player, by the way. It's hard to block. Uh, he kind of jumps off the film at you. He's a great worker. But but the, the, uh, the numbers are frightening. So, you know, this would be one way you'd say, "Hey, man, you, you got to go back and get better numbers on them. We got to, we got to be be sure that these are are real." Uh, at the combine, obviously, you would know they were real, but it's the three cone was eight point oh, forty is five five one. That's I mean, you can't play at that speed. Thirty three inch vertical, ten four broad. That's not good for a six one three oh one man who, who you know makes his living with power. 40 reps on the bench press so he can push the weight around so you're you're probably getting you're probably getting a hard-nosed hard-working um nose tackle uh but i'm not sure there's enough quickness agility and balance there if these numbers are correct to say that you're getting an athletic guy that can that can just be disruptive in there even though he is disruptive at the college level. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's uh, talk about Jay Tufeli from USC. Um, Jay Tufeli is uh, 6'2", 3'05", 4'9", uh, This is a interior player, you know, defensive tackle. Uh, 4'8", 3' shuttle, which is good. That, that correlates... 30-inch vertical, 10-5 broad, that's good. 30 reps on the bench, that's fine for a, for a big guy. Um, this is a guy who has a, a quickness, agility, and balance. Um, he can get off the ball. Uh, he can come up the field. He's competitive. He's combative. Um, he, he sat out this season, so you're going on, on, the, on the previous season where he had five sacks as a junior. Um, the opt-outs bother me. I, I don't know what to do with them, very honestly. Um, and, and only time will tell whether there was any, any drop-off or, or any, anything to the fact that they sat the year out. The conventional wisdom is that, they're, that they lose something, that they're, that they're not the same when they, when they come back after that, that, that year. Uh, because it's not like a redshirt year, you know they weren't practicing. Right, right, yeah, right. It's no. more like an injury year where you're out the whole year, and and, and now you got to come back and relearn everything. So that's a concern. Um, but you like what you see on film, uh, but the numbers uh, are are very average. So these are not first round numbers. Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's go to the thirty third NFL franchise. Alabama and talk about Christian Barmore. 64310 a redshirt sophomore his his ability 
We don't have numbers here. Do you have You've ether got numbers? Ether numbers if you want them. Go ahead. So he didn't do everything at his Alabama Pro Day. So didn't didn't bench, didn't do vertical jump, didn't do broad. His 20 yard shuttle was four seven five. Three cone drill was seven eight one. He's got 33 and five eighths inch arms, wingspan of 81, 40 yard dash of 498. So a little inconsistent in terms of the data we're having, even from the ether. Yeah, and the 781 would worry you, but it's but it's not verified, so we don't know. Although it does it does match up. Uh, th- this is a guy I think who can who get in there and mix it up as a defensive tackle. He's tough. He's got. Uh, uh, I think uh, some some pretty good instincts. He's been well coached. He, he can make plays. He doesn't do it consistently, but I'm not sure that he's got quite enough COD, quite enough explosion to say he can be anything more than a hardworking upfield, push the pocket kind of pass rusher. I don't right. think pass rush is his strong suit. So that tells you, you know, where where do you want to take him? That's that's the issue. Where do you want to put him? Probably not where the DIC has him going at the first half of the uh, first round. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would. Both the film and the numbers tell me that's a little high. Yeah. After all, those were the drills he chose to do with those. Yeah, and those were, numbers. Yeah, right. And he's not. He's not Allen. He's not Allen. Not, not not by a long shot. So if you want to talk about a high first round three technique, he's not Allen. Right. I don't think he's Allen. He's not Payne. He's not Williams. He's right. a different. Right. So so there were a couple. Uh, the next guy played linebacker uh, at Georgia, but uh, also can, can put his hand in the dirt. I know you wanted to talk about him, Bill. That's, that's Aziz Ojolari. Yeah, 6'2", 249. So he certainly can put his hand in the dirt. Yep. Uh, 4 six forty. that's fine. Uh uh, the uh, he did not do the shuttle. He did not do the the uh, vertical. Twelve seven broad. Thank you very much. Thirty four point three eight arms. So in, in the end, he's probably about six five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, uh, this is a natural born slippery speed rusher. Look out, baby! Buckle yeah, up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Put him in a nine technique and close the game out. Exactly. <laughs> He's going to be in that rear view mirror of the offensive lineman. That's exactly right. Who is that number 13 that went by me? me right. <laughs> so this is this is a, a Robert Mathis kind of player. Um, people are going to get worried by the 249. It doesn't worry me a bit. And uh, I, I don't have to. Let me see if I do have to. Yeah. Nine, uh, nine sacks. Six sacks as a junior, nine sacks here, playing in a program where they play the best people and uh, and he's well coached. So 20 hurries, whatever the definition of hurries means, he, that means he's probably pretty close to the passer. Yeah. But this is a uh, this is a son. This is a guy. Uh, <laughs> he's getting a helmet sticker yeah. on his car. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Made a lot of these tackles look bad, too. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And if you're talking about somebody high in the first round, you know, this is the guy you ought to be talking about. This could be a draft day surprise for the DIC, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're... I don't, I, you know, he doesn't have three cone numbers and that worries me a little bit. So there, there are missing numbers here, which might knock that down. But 
I don't know. I, this this guy is this guy's the real yeah. thing. So he's going to be a tough act to follow for our for our last guy uh, that we're going to talk about, and that is Joe Tryon. Well, Joe Tryon is six five two sixty two. Do you have ether numbers for him? We got ether numbers. So we've got thirty four inch arms, wingspan of eighty two and three quarters. Ran the forty and four six eight. A lot of four six eight numbers this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, bench press of two twenty two. Vertical was thirty five. Broad jump was nine oh eight. Uh, twenty yard shuttle was four three six. Uh, three cone drill was seven one eight. Okay, the forty and the vertical tell me that what I see on film is right. He's an opt out, by the way. So uh, you're looking at twenty nineteen. Well, they opted him out by scheme in twenty nineteen a lot too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dropped, uh, dropped a lot of eight at UW in 2019. Uh, had nine sacks. Uh, so, you know, this is a guy with natural pass rush ability, I think. The numbers tell you that. Uh, the tape tells you that. He can come get him, uh, and, and he can finish, which, you, you know, with these outside rushers, you worry about whether or not they can finish. And in uh, in the case of our last guy, my son from uh, Ojolari, the, the the one thing you worry about is does he get stalemated at at the at the uh, junction point by those big powered tackles? Um, Tryon can push through that at two sixty two. He's got the he's got enough bulk there to get through that. Um, so you're going on on junior year. Um, this too is a program. When when Pete was there, Coach Pete was there. That you know, yeah, you can count on these guys knowing how to be pros when they come in. So um, that's that's an advantage for him. Um, without the numbers, I don't I don't quite know where you put him, but somewhere probably toward the bottom of the first round, and you might be getting yourself uh, a a pretty good a pretty good guy here. The value for these guys in the draft is overwhelming because these guys finish games. When you have a lead in the fourth quarter, you know, as our great defensive line coach, God rest his soul, John Tillink used to say, go to the bullpen, bring in the closers. (laughs) Yeah. And he'd make sure that Freeney and Mathis were rested in the fourth quarter so they could turn it loose, get out there in the nine technique and go. And, and they finish games. That's why you win games that, that you have leads in the fourth quarter. Um, and rushing the passer and protecting the passer are the two most important things that people at these positions do. The other stuff you can teach. Uh, I don't want to say it's window dressing. You have to be tough enough to mix it up in there. But uh, road graders and run stoppers are nice, but they don't win games. Pass rushers and pass protectors yep. win games. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Well, there you go, guys. I think we can put our flashlights down. <laughs> we, we, we have uh, sifted through the dark of night, and we've come out on the other side. So that's our show for today. As always, if you have things you want us to hit us up uh, or hit up in the show, hit us up on Twitter at IFBillPolin, and we will be sure to cover it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, and stay safe. Be well. Be well. Righto. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. See you next week.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.